Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to this latest episode of Bodcast here at Practice Plan. My name's Johnny Drury, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Roz Keaton of the BDA Benevolent Fund. Um, thanks for taking the time to chat to us, Roz. Today we're going to talk about sort of your career path and sort of what led you to the the, the role you're in now with the the BDA and the Benevolent Fund. So, just to to start things off, um, you know, how did you start? How, how did your career start in dentistry? And if you could give us sort of a, a potted history of of your your career career path and progression. Of course, Johnny. Uh, I'm one of life's unusual dentists, I think is probably the phrase. And I have a a very unique um, experience in dentistry, a very unique uh, pathway. I'm not alone, but I'm certainly in a very small group. um, And I'm completely atypical and people probably would say that probably describes me completely atypical but I started off um, qualified and went straight into what was the community dental service in those days Um, I'm really interested in disadvantage and disadvantaged groups and you'll see that in in you know, our discussions. Um, so I went into the community service, uh, working predominantly with uh, people with special needs, dental phobics. And then after about five years, I went off to do a master's degree in dental public health um, because I felt I needed the academic backing uh, around the sorts of things I was interested in. Once I got my master's degree, which I was I was really disappointed. I went back to university to get a master's degree, and I thought it was going to be like going to university the first time round. It was nowhere much nowhere near so much fun, but never mind. But I got my master's degree, and I applied for what was then a really unusual job. In fact, I think it was probably the first in the UK that had been constructed like that. Um, It was a job where you were a senior dental officer, um, so you were the lead of the dentist, you were managing and leading the dental service, but not only were you doing that, but um, you were going to run some preventive healthcare services, Uh, things like breast screening, uh, family planning, stuff like that. So it was a job that spanned dentistry and general health, and I was lucky enough to get that. Um, And that was the beginning of something that continued to spiral throughout my career, really. Um, And within a couple of years, I wasn't just managing the two or three preventive healthcare services that I been asked to set up and, and run, um, but I was running things like district nursing, health visiting, um, then a small hospital, things like speech and language therapy, dietetics. Uh, and I became effectively a director of operations uh, for what a a whole large group of community health services. Um, And uh, it was really, I felt it was a way of showing that dentistry and what I'd learned and my training uh, really stood me in in a good stead. Um, And that actually dentists can make a really wide contribution to the healthcare environment. Um, Following that, um, I 
moved on really because I started to focus on not just running good services but what is at the heart of a good service um, and I'm particularly interested in what I would call high performance uh, medicine so how do you get people whether they're doctors dentists or nurses not just to do what they need to do but do it in a really high quality high standard so I was uh, director of clinical quality for a primary care trust uh, working across general practice across community services and mental health services um, at that time it was very much um, the new in thing was around learning from incidents that had gone wrong uh, that's very commonplace now but in those days it wasn't and I ended up doing some really big um, uh, reviews into things that had gone wrong in mental health services um, following that, someone persuaded me, and they did really have to persuade me because I wasn't convinced I wanted to take the next step um, to go in to be a chief executive of a mental health, substance misuse and learning disability trust. I wasn't sure I wanted to make that transition into mental health and certainly not sure I wanted to make a transition into being a chief executive. Um, so I went in on a, a temporary basis to an organisation that was in trouble. Um, by God, it was in trouble, I think is fair to say. Um, but once I saw what the impact me and my team could have, um, my passion became how can I take this from a really bad place to a really great place? Um, so we started off as Britain's dirtiest hospital on front of one of the nationals, which is not a headline I'm proud of. Um, and we ended up with not just a national, but an international reputation uh, nine years later, where people were coming from countries as far as Japan to see some of the work we were doing. Um, and then um, after all that, um, I moved into the acute care sector and managed a special, I was chief executive of a specialist women's hospital that uh, provided women's services and genetic services. So I've had a, a really bizarre career for a dentist. I've spent most of my time outside of dentistry, not inside it. But I think I have, and I hope I have, really demonstrated um, what grounding dentistry gives you, what skills and competences dentists have. Um, and they really allowed me to, uh, that, that training, that career base has really allowed me to um, explore things I'm particularly interested in, i.e. disadvantage, um, and how you really get high performance medicine or high performance dentistry working. So um, yeah, I, I, as I said at the beginning, I'm a bit of an oddball. And, you know, it's a fascinating career path that you have taken and just taken us through there. Um, how, how did that bring you onto your role with the, the BDA Benevolent Fund? How did that come about and what does your role sort of involve? Um, I started as a trustee. Um, I'm now chairman. Um, and I, it's the same. It's the same theme, actually. It's about disadvantage and it's about giving back. I think it's those two things. Firstly, I, I think I, I hope I've come over that I, I'm very um, grateful to dentistry for what it gave me, uh, the doors it opened for me, uh, the, the, the grounding it gave me. I'm very proud of that and I wanted to give something back to dentistry. I also wanted to give something to disadvantaged dentists and 
you know, you go and ask the guy on the street and they'll say, oh, no, dentists are privileged. Dentists have everything. But with any group, we know that there are people within that group um, that are not as doing as well. So this was partly about giving back giving back and saying thank you to my profession, to my training. But it's also taking that theme again about how can I support people who are going through tough times? How can and how can I help um, the organization do that? And that's what the, the Ben Fund's about. It's, it's a charity for all dentists, and it's a charity that works with dentists who are in distress. Yeah. And what, what do you find that are the main purposes or the main reasons why people sort of contact the fund and 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 how how if you could maybe give us a couple of examples how the sort of fund can help maybe a dentist who, who might have a an issue or a, a distressed need okay so i think um that's really quite an interesting question you've asked because any if you'd asked me in my time with the charity i would have told you some different answers to that question because the reality is why dentists come to us does change over time however underneath that i think it's fair to say that when whatever time you had approached us i would say to you that dentists who have who are physically unwell who are mentally unwell um, are always um, part of our core offer because no one can choose when they're going to become unwell no one can predict when they're going to become unwell and these things don't even happen don't happen at the right or the wrong time they happen when they happen so we as a charity i think throughout our um whatever year, whatever month it is, uh, we will be working with dentists who have physical or mental health difficulties, issues, who, who, and that has put them into a place either for a short term, sometimes it's somebody who just needs a hand up um, or a bit of a bridge or something like that. Sometimes it's for people who actually have um, a, a, an ongoing long life, very chronic condition that means they can't work. But going on to the changes, um, what we see year on year does fluctuate. Last year was obviously COVID year. Um, and at that, that point, we were dealing with a lot of dentists who just happened to be in a period of change. So COVID hit when they were about to get a new job and their new job disappeared because the new guy, the person who was going to employ them said, oh, I don't think I want you now. Um, we also were dealing with a lot of people who, a lot of students who, for instance, um, support themselves through university by working in the gig, gig economy. They wait, um, they serve in shops. Um, they do all sorts of bits and pieces to top up their grant um, and suddenly there was no employment um, and no way of getting those mo that money. This year the issue of students remains really hot for us. We've had more student applicants than we've ever seen before. Uh, some courses have been extended um, either by just a short time or by a long time. Many students still can't pick up that part-time work that they had previously. Or if they were getting parental support, some of those parents are just not in a position to give the support anymore. 
The other group is younger dentists. So our average age of applicant, it's the FDs, the young dentists who don't have the financial security behind them. And they've off some of them have found just because of the what's happened in dentistry, what's happened in our country and our communities, that they've fallen off the bridge. And some of them need some support in, in getting back. So this year is very much a young dentist year. Um, our average age, I say, has really dropped. But alongside that, we continue to support uh, the sorts of people we always have. I think you then asked me, if I remember correctly, what sort of things do we do? Um, so, yeah. so everybody who comes and applies to us gets a full financial um, review. So Laura, our general manager, really goes through uh, their financial position in a huge amount of detail for them. So it's a bit like a health check, uh, financial health check, and she can give them advice. She can point them in direction. Sometimes she can say to somebody, gosh, you're paying an awful lot for this. You don't need to. Sometimes she'll say you're eligible for things you don't realize you're eligible for. So she does. So everybody gets a financial health check. Um, we also offer uh, anybody who comes to us access to Health Assured, so which is like an occupational health program, so they can get access to counselling, they can get access to legal advice um, and things like that. So that's alongside that. And um, obviously access to a, a, a wider range of wellbeing through support. And I'll go and talk a little bit about wellbeing support in a little bit more detail um, in a minute. Uh, for those people who need it, um, we frankly give people grants. Um, sometimes it's a one-off grant. Um, someone um, just can't pay their rent for the next two months or just can't pay their ARF and their indemnity for the first three months. We will pay that for them. Uh, other people um, need help uh, maybe on a longer term if you're really unwell. Um, you know you're not going to be able to work for the next six or nine months. We may need to give you some monthly support uh, again for a period of time. Um, we stay in close contact with the people we support so that if they uh, need further advice or, or need further help, um, we can give that to them. And uh, we also uh, can, uh, some of the senior dentists um, will give people, well, they will help signpost people. So if someone's struggling in getting a job, um, we will not get them a job. We can't do that, but we can tell them the right things to do. We can point them in the right direction. We can make suggestions that things that they look at. So quite a holistic um, review from us, quite holistic support. Would like to in time time extend that um, support even wider and then very practical support in terms of money management um, and in terms of, of grant giving. Fantastic and that brings us on to sort of the final sort of couple of points there you mentioned the, the well-being support for, for dental teams um, can you just talk a bit about uh, around that and, and sort of finally you know what would your advice be for, for any dentist who, who might be struggling what, what would your advice be to them where would you sort of signpost and point them? Yeah, we, we became aware, as, as many other colleagues who work with dentists in distress, 
um, we became aware that actually it was really difficult that if you needed support to navigate your way around the system. But at the same time, if you had contacted a specialist agency such as us, we knew there's actually quite a lot of support out there. So together with we were sort of rather hoping that somebody somewhere nationally would pull a resource together, but that clearly wasn't going to happen. So effectively, a group of colleagues or mates, and I'm one of the mates, decided, well, if there isn't anyone else doing it, why don't we do it? So we call ourselves the collective. We are we are not an organization. We are just a group of people who set ourselves up and said, right, what do people need and how can we deliver it? And so uh, there is eight of us um, and together um, over quite a period of time while we were locked down, actually, uh, we produced a resource which we're really proud of now that's for dental teams. It's not just for dentists um, and it takes people through all the resources that are out there. It tells them how to contact them. It tells them which ones you will apply to you. So it tells you which ones are good for, uh, will work for a student, which one will work for a dental nurse, which will work for a receptionist, what will work for a hygienist. So it's like, um, it's, it, it is literally a guide you can go through and say, this is the sort of thing I'm looking for. You can find out what might be out there. You can find out how to contact people. Um, our, uh, our, We've got a separate website for that. Um, we are review. We are in the process of first undertaking our sort of first review of that. We'll be doing this in the next three months, so we make sure it's fresh. That none of the res uh, resources we've listed aren't still available, or if new ones have arrived, we we put that on. And we're going to do some evaluation um, of how useful that's been. We get lots of hits, thousands of hits um, to this. So we get a lot of feedback from people who've used the site, uh, which is really positive. But we also want to do some much more structured um, evaluation um, of how it's working for people and what else we could, we could do. So it was a bit of, well, if no one else is going to do this, let's just let's just go and do it. Yeah, and and what has some of that feedback been? Have you had any feedback directly from from dentists? Have they been sort of? Oh yeah, grateful? yeah, yeah. Well, we pilot we piloted it with some of the people that the charity works with first before we let loose on the the wider world. And a lot of people said, God, if only had this been been available when I was looking. Um, but yeah, people have come back really positive, saying how helpful they are because you can download it. Um, your practice can put it on your, on their practice computers. Um, it's a PDF document. You can print it out if you want. Um, it is literally, you know, um, yeah. And it's just knowing it's there and thinking you see a friend or you're having a problem. You can look in there and say, ah, these are some people I can ask. So, yeah, I'm really pleased to say the feedback has been extremely positive. Um, we always ask people, is there anything we've forgotten? Anything else you needed? Uh, so far, very few coming back, but we really need to keep on top of that because this resource is only it's only useful and helpful while it remains fresh and live. 
And just finally, where, how can people get that resource? Where do they where do they go to? Is there a certain website or? Yeah, there is a certain website, and I will uh, make sure after the recording that we've got it, and you can pop it up on the podcast. Um, and because it's important that it's spelt right with all these things, um, it's to say it's a website, um, and the PDF is on there. Download it for free, um, or just leave it up there and use it when you want. That's great. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Roz. I'm sure there's plenty in those that sort of 15, 20 minutes that um, dentists can can take away. And if they are struggling, they can, you know, they've got that resource that they can go to. So thanks very much for your time, Roz. And thanks very much for listening. This has been the latest episode of Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>